Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life with the advisors from Foster and Motley. In this podcast, they share their mission to help individuals, couples, and families achieve the life they envision by providing a comprehensive wealth management experience. Join this seasoned team of experts as they explore actionable steps to improve your financial well-being and answer your most pressing questions. You're doing it. You're working with a wealth management team. Well, what should you expect of them and what should they expect of you? Foster and Motley Investment Manager Rachel Rasmussen and Financial Planner Tony Luckhart are here to run through it all. I'm Patrice Sikora. Tony and Rachel, good to be with you again. Now, in an earlier episode, we did go through the process for selecting the right advisor. Before we get going, could you review that for us quickly? Sure, Patrice. Thanks again for having us back. You know, when uh, interviewing an advisor, you know, the first part is to start with that get to know you meeting. And that get to know you meeting is a lot like a first date. You know, you're trying to understand who they are. They're trying to understand who you are and and trying to establish if there's a good fit for a, a working relationship going forward. When you're talking to that advisor for the first time, you got to come prepared. No questions should be off limits. You'll be able to ask things about what they do and how they do it. You bring a list of information about yourself, have a rough estimate on what accounts you have and rough estimate on balances. You want to talk about your goals. What are you looking to accomplish? What keeps you up at night? Why are you there? You know, These are all things that you ought to be you know, come prepared to talk about. And, you know, no one at the end of the day, no one's going to care about your financial situation more than you. So, you know, come in prepared and, and all that uh, to talk about your situation. When you're interviewing that advisor, credentials are important. You know, having the, the three main credentials in this industry are CFP, Certified Financial Planner, CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst, and CPA, a certified public accountant. You know, so those are really a good starting point if you can find an advisor with you know a few credentials that helps differentiate them from some other folks that are out there. That's a really good starting point. One way to figure out how to differentiate between the various advisors that you're interviewing is check out their filings, their legal filings with the Security Exchange Commission, the ADV. And the CRS, which is the Client Relationship Summary. And that paper tells you a lot about the firms that you're talking to. It'll let you know how the firm is structured, um, how are they compensated, who's on the team. All of those important details are condensed for your review. So it's a really nice way to compare the various individuals you may be interviewing. Um, Beyond that, just understanding fee structure understanding how they get paid, that's really helpful. There's obviously a lot of models out there. And I think, Tony, you talked about this on another podcast with Patrice. Just as a quick recap, you can be commission-based. So you get paid off of the products or services, advice that you're selling. An advisor can be fee-based, which means they charge you a base fee. Plus, they can get some commissions off of certain investments or insurance products, for example, or they can be fee-only. And that's the structure that Foster and Motley has selected, which is our fees are what they are stated. We don't accept any commission and we don't sell any product. We like that model um, in particular because we believe that it helps us be more objective in our advice. 
So those sort of questions, how are you compensated, can help you determine what is the right advisor for you. And how about working with other professionals? You mentioned a couple there, but how about others? Yeah. So, you know, part of that conversation, we want to understand who are the other people in your life that we ought to know, you know, your CPA, your attorney, your insurance agent, because we're going to coordinate working with them on a go forward basis. So, you know, getting to know who those people are important part of the equation. If we know who those important people are to you, we can help quarterback that. We can communicate directly with them, obviously with with your permission, but it helps leverage your time. And that's the point of coming to advisor, helping you make good decisions and making sure everyone is on the same page to work toward that common goal. We're talking about working with the entire team. How do you get on board here? How long does it take? Part of that discussion and that initial meeting should be, you know, the what and how we do things. You know, what are we going to do for you and how are we going to do it? You know, so part of reviewing that onboarding, we call it the first year experience. And during that first year, you typically meet three to four times over that that first year and take bite-sized pieces of your financial life and make eating the elephant a little easier. <laughs> um, you know, and in between those meetings, we have ad hoc calls. We've got email correspondence. We're following up on things. So there's a part of that initial meeting should be a big discussion about how often are you going to meet with me? How are we going to follow up? You know, all of those things. How do we schedule that next meeting? All of those things should be part of that initial meeting. And we'll also introduce to you your team. So in that initial meeting, you'll meet with a financial planner and an investment professional like Tony or I. And beyond that, we want you to know all the people that you can count on when you call our front desk. We'll tell you who the receptionist is. We'll talk to you about the client service specialists that are here to help you open up accounts and schedule meetings. We want to make sure that you have a face to go with a name and that all of our clients are well introduced to our team internally as well. Do I have to sign a contract? No. The way that we work is through an agreement. So it's, it is a contract, but it's not in the sense that it can be canceled at any time. There's no subscription model that you ha- you know have to give us so much notice it can happen at any time we don't expect that to happen very often but the goal with that is you have the freedom to make the decision it puts you in charge of the relationship we like to keep it pretty simple it's only 5 pages or less it has a little bit of legalese how we're structured but mostly what it's focused on is what are we going to do for you? And what information are we going to provide to you? And what are you going to provide back to us? So it outlines how are we going to communicate in a positive way that's going to make this a good experience for you. All right, you're talking about eating the elephant little by little. Starts with the data gathering, but there is a lot of data. What do you do? Yeah, that's the... Uh... It's not the most fun part, but it is, it's a garbage in, garbage out thing. So for us to do good work, it requires, you know, us to have good information and, you know, we can do that one of two ways. We have a, uh, an online digital platform that allows you to drag statements, drag pay stubs, you know, enter data, which is pretty easy to do. You can you know, do it for uh, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and then, you know, come back to it a little later and it saves your progress as you go. So that's pretty nifty. And you can also do it in person. If you got a 
a box full of statements that you need to bring in, you know, bring it in. We'll kind of go through that stuff and, and figure out what you have and, and kind of organize that so we can get a better handle on, you know, your stuff, your situation, you know, that data gathering process is, you know, again, garbage in garbage out. So we need copies of your statements. We need, we need tax returns. We need pay stubs. You know, our goal is to take a, a look at your total financial picture. So we need some information to get started. From an investment perspective, we need risk tolerance. We want to understand risk tolerance questions to help understand you know, how you feel about risk and how you're going to react in certain situations. So all those things are important for the, the to get things started and goal planning. You know, what are your goals? Uh, what are the things that are important to you so that we can help prioritize and solve those? And you know, the other piece of this is cash flow. Um, you know, it's one of the most important pieces of the equation. It's oftentimes one of the more difficult, ugly ones of trying to understand what you're spending, but giving us, and we don't really need to know every line item of where your expenses are, but in general kind of, you know, big categories, what are you, what are you spending so that we can um, construct a good cash flow for you to help understand what you have coming in and what you have going out. Is that a budget? <laughs> we, we can help with that, but we don't want to make this what feels like a judgment session. Okay, show me all of your calories. We're ready to track it. We want to help you get a high-level understanding of where you are today. And it's we'll call it the you know judgment-free zone, if you will. We're here to just learn about you. And so the more that you can share with us, especially with regards to financial life, the more we can understand you and what you're here for, where you want to go, the better job we can do for you. Because if we have that proper information that, that Tony's referring to, we can provide better models. So that's what we mean when we say garbage in and garbage out. If you have not the full picture in terms of the, the budgeting or <laughs> the taxes, or we're missing information... We'll figure it out eventually, but it'll save us all a lot of time. Like we say, it's judgment-free. And what about goals? I mean, to sit down and say, well, this is my goal, goals change, and sometimes it takes a long time to really identify them. Another way of going about it, rather than just saying, I have a goal of retiring when I am 67 and a half years old, and I know that right now, is think about what is bringing you into the meeting? There's a reason you're reaching out to an advisor in the first place, and it's probably to solve for something. So think about what is it that you're trying to solve for? Are you trying to make sure that you're on pace with your savings? Are you trying to make sure that you're say you have the right amount for your kids' education? Are you thinking about legacy goals? Are you trying to figure out how to invest a portfolio that is getting rolled out of your 401k? various things like that, that can help align goal setting. So we are here to talk through that. So don't feel like you have to know all the right answers. Right. And we've got a checklist. Part of what we, we provide through that data gathering, we've got a checklist that we go through to help kind of cue those things to you too. Okay. Retirement's important or making sure my insurance stuff is important so that if something happened to me, then my family's going to be taken care of. You know, So that checklist is very helpful to help prioritize those goals. And you know, that prioritization then helps us kind of understand what your hot buttons are so that we can execute on what the, what the, the things that are important to you. All right. Tell me about this investment policy statement. Well, that's in the arena of investment management. So I can take that one. The investment policy statement 
is basically a game plan. It's here is what we know about you and your family and what your objectives are with regards to your money, your investments. So we outline in this document, what are you trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And then from there, it's a good format to understand any constraints you may have. I'll give you a few examples. Perhaps you have a social constraint. You don't want to invest in tobacco shares, for example, or uh, gut manufacturers or, or, or various things like that. It's a way where we can put some parameters into your portfolio. Beyond that, understanding what kind of liquidity or cash that you would need from the portfolio. Let's say you're living off of this money. We need to understand what you need and how often. And then our job is to help figure out the best way to get that done. So if we outline these things in the investment policy statement, it's very, very clear at the beginning. And it helps create a sense of comfort because you understand exactly what the portfolio manager, the investment manager is doing in the background. Once we know all of the objectives and the constraints and we outline risk tolerance, going back to that data gathering before, we take all of that information and we form an asset allocation. And that is just a fancy way of saying how much risk are you going to be taking in the portfolio and what kind of investments are going to help get that job done? How much risk, what kind of return you can expect. And I think we have a whole podcast on that. So we can always link that for your reference. We've got the data. Now we have that first formal meeting scheduled. And that first formal meeting, one of the things we do is you've just given us a lot of information. We're going to try to take that information and distill it on a, we call it the one-page summary. That one-page summary is, in essence, that, the distilled version of everything you kind of gave to us. And that really starts with understanding your goals. You've told us, went through this checklist, you've told us some things that are important to you. We want to make sure that you know that we're listening to you. So, you know, part of that is reviewing those goals. Here are the things that you told us that are important to you. Do we have them right? Is there anything else we need to be thinking about? So that one page summary is all part of that. It's all this distilling your financial life down to the single page, your goals, what is a rough kind of net worth? What is what do you have insurance wise? And that one page summary also helps us, keeps us all on track to say, okay, you gave us a bunch of stuff here's what we think we know. What are we missing? Here are some things we think we still need so that we can kind of continue that data gathering piece kind of continues on a go forward basis as we need to know more and, and clarify things. So that one page summary is a, is a is a big part of that initial conversation. And between these two documents, the investment policy statement and the one page summary, what we're really trying to accomplish here is distilling all of the things that we've learned about you and say it back to you and say, does this make sense? And and make sure that we're on the right track. We're establishing the plan for how this is going to work in the next few meetings and how we are going to make sure that we provide you the best advice we can. So the first meeting is all about, let's make sure we're all on that same page. Do you often have clients who push back? Or do you ever have clients that push back and say, no, that, that's not what I meant? 
Yeah. And I think that's the whole, the whole purpose of reviewing this stuff is that we didn't quite get that right. Or yeah, that's right. But I want to add this, you know, I want to, I want to retire at 65, but I'm also open to working part-time in retirement for five years. And it looks something like this. We can't work without having some clear, concise ideas, goals. You know, if, if we can get those goals, if we can get some objectified uh, statements, objectified kind of goals, we can use that information to help build the plan and show different options. That's really the important part of that. And one other thing that can happen in these initial meetings is, let's say a a couple comes in, some really interesting and great and important conversations can occur. You know, you could have a partner, uh, they show up and they say, well, this is what I thought we said we wanted to do. And the other one may have a very different idea. So it's a really nice way you putting it on paper so you can have those conversations. You know, we don't act like therapists or anything like that, but we can help be just at least ask the right questions. All right. You have this on paper now. This is a great thing. What is the next step? How do you make everything happen? Part of that first formal meeting, we review the one-page summary from a financial planning perspective. We're also going to present a rough draft of their net worth. You know, They gave us a lot of information, so we want to make sure we kind of know what all the poker chips are on the table. And then we're going to present potentially a rough cash flow. And that cash flow is really where the rubber meets the road. You know, what do you have going in? What do you have going out? And do all these things look right? By having that cash flow, we can then say, okay, well, we need to save more. Are you saving in the right spots? Do you need to save more? Um, What's the excess that you can save? You know, what are the different levers that we can pull? And that cash flow is important because it bleeds into a lot of different pieces of your financial plan. How much insurance do you have? How much disability insurance do you need? How much life insurance do you need? Are the projections good for running or your long-term financial independence analysis? So on that first meeting, that net worth, kind of trying to get a better handle on their cash flow are, are you know important pieces of the equation, those rough drafts. And on the investment side, one of the things that we're going to be doing kind of concurrent to these conversations is helping you get a good handle of your accounts. What do you have? Where do you have it? What type of accounts? What are the tax treatment of those accounts, et cetera, and help you try to consolidate and simplify and any transfers that maybe need to occur between custodians. We don't act like a custodian, meaning we don't hold the investments under the Foster and Motley name. We advise on it. So we help you transfer your assets to a custodian and we advise on those assets. So our goal is to help figure out where all of the accounts are and kind of bring them together into one place so you can see exactly where you're starting from. That does require some paperwork. We don't expect you to go out and figure out how to do it. We're going to come to the meeting prepared and hopefully it becomes just a signature or two, but it's all there for your review, which means until you sign the document, no money is moving. Nothing is occurring. You are in the driver's seat. And so you know exactly where you are in the process. So you don't do anything until you feel absolutely 
100% comfortable. That's part of this first meeting. You know, what do, what do you have? How, what are we going to manage? How are we going to transfer those assets? You know, we typically custody at most of our assets with Charles Schwab. So having that connection with them to have that paperwork and do a lot of the heavy lifting for them, they may have three, 401k accounts from old employers that are sitting around, you know, consolidating, simplifying that. Everyone's busy and it's no wonder that, you know, a lot of those things don't get done. And that's where we, we kind of bring that discipline to the equation. And are there meeting notes after all these meetings or this first big meeting? After every one of our meetings, they're meeting notes. And those meeting notes spell out specifically what we talked about. You know, what did we talk about? What did you agree to do? What did we agree to do? So that there's a follow-up and accountability so that we can kind of keep each other on track. That's the first meeting. You know, we're, we're talking about a lot of stuff. We're working on transfers. We're trying to make sure we have an, a decent understanding of your situation. And then we kind of go away for a while. When we go away for a while, we start transferring assets over. Rachel and her team starts working on getting the investments in, in order. We're following up with phone calls and emails in between on things that we agreed to, to follow up on. And once that portfolio is mostly invested, then that's kind of the impetus for that second meeting. One of the things that's really cool about these meeting notes, you know, no one would say that cool meeting notes, but, you know, five years down the road, we can pull these things out and we say, look at how far you have come, or we get to see where you started and what you were thinking about in, at that time. And we have the numbers in there. So you can say, wow, did I do a good job saving over this time? How has my portfolio grown? All of those things, just having a nice starting point, we memorialize that information so we can kind of go back and pull those out. It's fun. So tell me more about the second meeting now. So in the second meeting, we revisit what Tony talked about a few minutes ago, which is cash flow, making sure that we've really dialed in. A lot of times in the first meeting, we're making a lot of corrections because of new information coming to light or things just becoming a little bit more clear. Well, we present the information again, the net worth, the cash flow, and by we, I mean the financial planner. So I'm stepping into Tony's arena here. Yeah, and that net worth is now, it's solid, meaning we have a really good handle on all the poker chips on the table. And that net worth has changed. You know, that net worth may be a big page because there's seven different, 10 different accounts, and we've consolidated that to three or four different accounts. So presenting that, that net worth, we've now rolled your 401k accounts over to your IRAs. We've consolidated those IRAs and those 401k accounts into, you know, one or two IRAs. So now we've got this more concise net worth. We're now got a pretty good cash flow. We've got a pretty good handle on what you have coming in, going out. And then we use that information to present the first draft of your financial independence analysis. That's a fancy term for retirement plan. You know, you told us that you want to retire at these ages. Here is what you're currently saving. And based upon those, when you want to retire, what you're currently saving, does, does it work? So that's kind of the first draft. And that allows us to run some alternate scenarios to say, okay, well, if you work a little longer, yeah, okay. Or we work part-time or you know, all those different levers you can pull. Do you want to save more along the way? Do you not want to save more along the way and work a little longer? So there's you know, multiple different levers that, that we can pull and look at, but having that cash flow, which bleeds into the, the long-term financial independence is really key. And on the investment side, at the same time, you've consolidated your assets. 
we've agreed on an investment policy statement. At that second meeting, what we're going to do is present to you all the things that we've been working on. When Tony says we go away, we're going to work according to the plan. And our job is to show you what we've been doing on the portfolio side. And we call this the initial appraisal. And we don't mean we're going to appraise your house or anything like that or all of its contents. What we mean by initial appraisal is to show you what what's in your portfolio. Why are we doing what we're doing? How does the philosophy, the investment philosophy that we have show in your investments? How do the characteristics look of the various stocks you hold or the bonds you hold? And it gives us an opportunity to have a question and answer session with the client and say, now that you see all this really in front of you, what do you want to talk about? Is there anything happening in the markets or something you've seen on the news that you're curious about and how that relates to your money? And so by having that in front of you and being able to talk about that with the client, we can put it in relatable terms as opposed to this esoteric topic. It sounds to me like after this meeting, your clients probably walk out of there going, yes, I'm feeling great. Everything's working. We hope so. That's what we want them to feel, Patrice. Thank you. You know, that's why they come back for the third and the fourth and many more from there. So tell me about those. Yeah. So that that third and fourth meeting, you know, now we've we've presented a first draft of their financial independence analysis. So we can run we've got a pretty good handle on that now. Now we can run different different scenarios. So, you know, some clients they say, "Well, I want to buy a second house." Well, what does that look like? How does that work? You know, so now we can run some different some different alternative scenarios. You know, what happens if I want to buy an RV and travel for, you know, the next 10 years? Um, you know, how does that work in my plan? So, having that base plan in place and then being able to lay different scenarios so you can see what different levers clients can pull to accomplish their goals. What if I spend more? What if I travel, you know, for the next 10 years and spend, you know, $25,000 a year on uh, international travel? Things like that are, are really cool to kind of show clients what kind of freedom and flexibility they have. Or the opposite side of the equation is, is, you know, you got a second home maybe and your long-term plan doesn't work by maintaining that. But if you keep it until you're, you know, 85 years old and sell it at that point or 80 years old, yeah, your plan works pretty well that you just can't keep it maybe forever. So those things are pretty cool. And then we get into that third and fourth meeting. We start looking at your insurance, your life insurance. What do you have? Is it enough? Is it the right stuff? And then depending upon what the answers to those questions, we coordinate with your insurance agent or we can refer you to an insurance agent to reevaluate, get new stuff in place, whatever it may be. And then estate planning, you know, looking at reading your estate planning documents, flow charting out what your estate planning documents do. You know, a lot of people have estate planning documents drafted at maybe 5, 10, 15 years ago. You know, who are the helpers in your documents? What do your documents actually do as far as pushing money to different people upon your passing? Is the titling and beneficiaries coordinated with your estate plan. So looking at all of those things is part of that third or fourth meeting to make sure all the the pieces fit together. How about the investment side, Rachel? Well, if you're not too tired out on all of those topics and there's still time, no, we always make sure we talk about investments. We take the opportunity to go in further detail because 
this can really be like a fire hose if we give all the information at one time. So what we try to do is split it into reasonable segments. So maybe we'll talk about one portion of the portfolio in further detail, or maybe something's happening in the market at that particular month. You know, this is ever-changing. So as we have time elapsed between the first, second, third, fourth meeting, things can change. So we might be having different conversations about performance. You know, Are the markets up? Are the markets down? What kind of income is coming out of your portfolio? How is that different than what you had before? So it's a way for us to dig deeper into those conversations and also a way for clients to solidify that knowledge for themselves. So they really know, hey, each and every time we meet, we talk about this. So that gives me an insight that that is an important topic. So it's those kind of things, reinforcement of what we've talked about and showing that we have a disciplined and consistent process. And you'll really get to be able to see that each and every time we meet because we're talking about the same things. All right. So here we're wrapping up the first year. Is there something that we didn't go over that we should? I don't think about the first year. It's just a matter of, okay, we're, we're at the end. We've met three or four times over this first year in kind of regular in- increments. We've taken bite-sized pieces of your financial life. We've we've eaten the elephant, right? We, we kind of know all the different pieces. You're now making eyes wide open decisions on, do you need to save more, spend more? What are the different things that are important to you? But it's not one and done. We've looked at a lot of things over this first year. We've uncovered all the pieces of your financial life, but it's not over. You know, now we decide how and when do we meet on a go forward basis? You know, oftentimes clients will meet on a, a semi-annual basis, an annual basis. You know, there's a lot of follow-up in between. You know, we're available via phone calls and emails in between, but it's an ongoing continuous relationship where each meeting we're looking at different pieces of your financial life so that you know every three to five years we're kind of looking at all these pieces again. And life happens. You know, over the years, various. It does. It's it's not a straight line. (laughs) No, I mean, hasn't been for me. Has it been for you, Tony? Uh, It has Uh, not. So, being a partner with our clients as they go through that, we already know what makes them tick at that point. We already have a good sense of where their baseline is, and so from there, we can adapt to whatever is happening. Say they have a a job opportunity. Well, they can call us that day and say, hey, this has come up. I have this document to review and we'll take time and we'll go over it with them. So it's being able to talk to somebody about big decisions, somebody who gets you and gets what you are about. I think that's, that's what makes this whole thing so important that it's not this one and done give you a binder and say, here's your plan. We're done. That's why it's a relationship and not a transaction. I think that's a great point, you know, because things will come up and you need someone to bounce an idea off. And the fact that we already know your situation and know what you want to accomplish and know some of your 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 goals and some of your internal drivers really helps with that, those decision making. And you stay in good communication with your clients then. Yes, we we talk to our clients a lot, however much they want, honestly. We have people that we we talk to on the phone quite regularly. We email, we provide newsletter updates that are written by us. No none of that canned stuff. We're bringing ideas to them before they ask. Those sort of things, that's what we're going to be doing on an ongoing basis in addition to the regular meetings. 
And at the end of the day, we want to be all things financial to our clients. We want to be their trusted advisor, not for the next year, but for the next lifetime. And oftentimes those relationships bleed into working with with family members, with kids, with colleagues. And it's just a evolving kind of neat relationship that you know, anything kind of financial related, any questions that come up, you know, we're here to handle them. How can listeners reach you folks? You can check us out on our website, fosterandmotley.com, or you can give us a call, 513-561-6640. Thank you so much, Rachel Rasmussen and Tony Luckhart. The insight into the first year with a wealth management team at Foster and Motley, really very insightful. Love it. To know when the latest episode of Foster and Motley's podcast about life and wealth is available, follow or subscribe, and also please share with friends and family. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content, including mention of specific investments or planning techniques, is for informational and for educational purposes only. It is not intended as a recommendation or a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster and Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.